we want to look at some of the symptoms of over-control. The first symptom is micromanaging our children's lives. You may be familiar with the term helicopter parenting, which is when parents hover closely over their children's heads, rarely out of reach whether their child needs them or not. This can continue to the age when children are quite capable of standing on their own two feet. We need to stand back. Our children will feel pain. Pain is part of life. And in fact, it helps by processing pain appropriately and healthily, we can build the ability and skills to manage pain well. So maybe when a child comes home and talks about a bad experience, a friend or a bit of bullying in school, rather than charging in and demanding that this or that happens, ringing the, the, the parent of the child that have the argument, we discuss it with the child. We empathize with them. We understand their feelings. We then talk about options of how they'd like to handle it. Would they like to go and talk to the child the next day? Would they like to just find other friends to play with? With the bully, would they like to say something back to the bully? So at certain points, we may need to interfere, but if we interfere straight away, we can de-skill and take away a sense of autonomy for our children. So we do need to learn to stand back at times appropriately while still being the parent. A friend of ours who runs a small business told us recently that a 19-year-old woman had come for a job interview. And to his surprise, her mother came too. The mother proceeded to answer all the questions for her daughter. Eventually, our friend asked the mother to leave the room, at which point he discovered the daughter had no independent thoughts of her own and he was unable to offer her the job. You know, I sometimes come across mums and dads who are very controlling, and they say, I can't help myself. I'm saying, I comb your hair, your shirt's hanging out, do your homework like this, and I say, but you must help yourself. If you don't stop doing that, two things are gonna happen. Number one, you're gonna drive a wedge between you and that child. And secondly, it will be hard for that child to believe that something really matters to you because you're going on about everything. You can fight some battles, but you can't fight them all. It's as if the child is 13 years old and they're on a, a circus high wire and they're trying to get through to age 21. And you know, they're doing pretty well, but they're wobbling a bit. But his mother's underneath saying, tuck your shirt in, comb your hair. Sometimes we have to back off a little. A second symptom of unhelpful control is being over-competitive for our children. I remember Josh, aged eight, coming home one afternoon and telling me that he'd got 76% in a maths test. To my shame, I remember I wanted to ask him, where did you come? But at that stage, that wasn't what mattered to Josh. He would have been happy for the whole class to get 76%. What mattered to him was that he'd done well by his own standards. If we're consistently over-competitive for them, it puts undue pressure on their lives and may even result in them becoming stressed and anxious. A third symptom of unhealthy parental control is over-scheduling our children's lives. The result is that children have neither the time nor the freedom to play or to make decisions for themselves. Because our culture is so aspirational, we worry about our children missing out or getting left behind, and we find we've booked up their lives. But it's counterproductive. A whole generation of parents have been led to be terrified of their children being understimulated. So I think at the moment, Monday's tapped. I understand in America, psychologists now talk about undesignated moments when children don't have anything scheduled for them. Tuesday is athletics. The greatest gift we can give our children is the gift of boredom. It's Wednesday is gymnastics. 
It's great to allow our children to be bored because it forces their minds to create things with their own imagination. Thursday is tutoring and Sorry. swimming lessons. And to get themselves out of the boredom. Sunday, we had two sets of drum lessons. And that skill is something that only they can learn, and we have to allow them to learn, learn that uh, talent by becoming bored. A couple of holidays ago, the, kid, the kids were up one morning I said, please, don't want to go anywhere. And, and so I've changed it now, and it's great. It suits me right down to the ground. A fourth symptom of unhealthy control is overprotecting and rescuing our children. So they don't learn to take responsibility for their own actions or to learn from their mistakes. And as a result, they fail to develop any sort of healthy independence. For example, if they forget their sports kit, we immediately go to the school to deliver it. Or they lose something and we immediately replace it. We heard recently of parents with a nine-year-old child who received a bad report from her school. The parents, instead of talking to the child about how she might improve, were furious with the school for even suggesting their child was not behaving well or working hard. The mother stormed in and took it out on the teacher. We shouldn't be afraid of our children's mistakes or of allowing them to experience the consequences. This might lead to a telling off at school or disappointment. But if we're constantly rescuing them, they don't have the opportunity to learn. Um, children must be allowed to make their own mistakes. Um, and I know that with my daughter, it was getting to school on time. Um, for many, many years, it was always me telling her to get out on time and, and, and trying everything to do that and actually it, it hasn't helped her at all with timekeeping so I wish I'd let her learn from that mistake. You do get really stressed, they lose things, you know. I had a list at one point as long as my arm of lost kit at school which cost a lot of money. So I, we devised this new thing of they can lose something once, I'll replace it, but if they lose it the second time, they have to pay for it, which they think is sort of child abuse. But, you know, they only look, they, the, the, the list has got shorter. For example, uh, a while ago, Amelia um, came to me day before our homework had to be handed in. She said, oh my gosh, I've got to do my homework. It's got to be in tomorrow, tomorrow morning. And uh, it was about half, it was her bedtime, half eight, uh, quarter to nine. And I said, oh, what are you going to do about that? And she says, I don't know, you've got to help me. I said, I'm sorry, darling, I'm working. I've got work myself to do. I can't help you. I said, I, I, you can set up alongside me if you want, but uh, that's the best I can do. And sure enough, I think she missed it. And she had to speak to her teacher and she was right onto it. And now, thankfully, she's onto her homework because she doesn't like the embarrassment or the, the way it makes her feel. We can find ourselves being overprotective in different areas. When I had my own children, my sister had also had Lucas, and we went away uh, on holiday together, and we were at a park, mm. and she was so worried about him climbing up that he would fall off, that he would hurt himself. Um, you know, and he was about three years old, and I was like, you've just got to let them go. And it's re it is really hard, but you know what? I am quite harsh if they fall over they'll learn not to do it again. <laughs> um. I mean, on the other side is the emotional side where you can hold on mm. to your children. So that on the physical side, I'm very good at letting go. On the emotional side, Lauren's just had a trip to Germany. Uh, she's 10 years old, first time on a plane away from us. 
without family there, mm. ever. So on the physical side, I'm very good at letting go. On the emotional side, that's what I found hard. Any attempt to control our children's lives in these ways will be counterproductive and can cause a variety of different problems. It might result in them pulling away from us as soon as they can, and they may even end up breaking off their relationship with us altogether. Of course, a major reason for not letting our children make their own decisions and seeking to control their lives is fear. Fear that they'll make mistakes, fear of the consequences, fear that their mistakes will damage them. But we have to face our fears, as otherwise we deny our children the opportunity to learn and to grow. We can ask ourselves questions like, how much time do we allow our children to play by themselves? Are we allowing our children to take the consequences for their own behaviour? Are we encouraging increasing independence as our children grow up? Are we trusting them to make good decisions and to learn from their mistakes? Mistakes teach us things. We learn through mistakes. There's a lovely saying, the only mistake in life we make is one we don't learn from. But so many of us parents don't want our children to make mistakes. I remember my father saying to me, Julie, I don't want you to make mistakes in life. And I remember saying to him, but Dad, I need to in order to learn about who I am for myself. Well, we have a worksheet to go through today. It's called Letting Go Gradually. So I'd encourage you to work through that, maybe on your own at first, and then to share it with your group or with your partner in parenting if they're available. See you tomorrow.